Hi, everyone. Welcome to uh, the Foreign Football Podcast. This is uh, your host, Harris, and with my great host and slash co-host, Patrick. And today we have uh, one of our new hosts who will be joining us on the show, Mr. Kema. Good to have you guys, brother. It's been a long time. How's everyone doing? Doing amazing. Can't, can't complain. Finally nice and warm, relaxing. Arsenal victory, so... Good start. Good start to the weekend. Yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it's, it's excited and yeah. Um, again, thanks for having me again as a guest. And then talking about the Arsenal game, yeah. What a what a what a Fergie time type game, you know. Uh, last minute game. I don't know. I mean, if you ask me, if I want to give a you know, if I want to give a take right now, I think the league is trying to push Arsenal to win to win this thing. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. So yeah. I mean, you know. So yeah. It's good. It's good one. It's a good change. Uh, uh, thank you for guys throwing up some of the subject today we'll be covering. So uh, Kema is a Manu fan, so I feel like for for Kema first show today with with us, uh, we should definitely talk in a talk about Manu. We've um, Ten Hag taking the reign of Manu at the beginning of the year. I have to admit, I had a lot of doubt on uh, as a Ten Hag uh, for. <laughs> for Ten Hag as a coach, that he can really take Manu to the glory they had in the past. And uh, it seems like he's actually doing well. We've, despite all the all the turmoil they have with Cristiano Ronaldo, it seems like Manu is really finally getting uh, some momentum in the league. So that's why I wanted to, to discuss with you guys, you know, is this really the Manu that we've experienced under Fergie that was such a dominant team in all Europe and not just in the Premier League? Uh, is this really that Manu coming back right now in 2023? So uh, open the discussion for, for you guys. What, what, what do you guys think about Ten Hag so far of, you know, his, uh, his achievement with Manu in, in this season? Kim, I think, I think it's best for, I'm going to give you the floor first. I know you probably oh. have a lot to say and a, and a lot of thoughts. Maybe oh, some, yeah, don't... maybe some negative, but... <laughs> Let it go. Don't get don't don't get me started. But um, I, I'll say this though. I think it's a it's a good it's a good time to be an Arsenal, uh, Arsenal a Manchester United fan. Arsenal? Right? <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, I don't know. The, the ghost of Arsenal keeps chasing me, but no, no. Uh, but um, now nah, as a Man U fan, I think it's it's a good feeling. Let's start with that. I'll, I'll say it's a bit um premature to actually think that you know this Tenag era is you know. We, we, it's too quick for us to compare to Fergie. I think one thing we can um, equate to, you know, Fergie's, uh, you know, dominance and Fergie's era is he won. It was a winner, and he won a lot. So it's pretty early in the in in the, in the Tenaga. This is the first season. I mean, if I'm if I'm correct, right? This is the very mm-hmm. first season. Right. So although, but there's a feeling. I think as a Man U fan, there is a feeling that has been restored. You know, in comparison to all the other coaches that. You know that have been there before before Tenaga. We can talk about the coaches and you know how they had their impact, right? But I think what Tenaga has brought because for me as a fan, I just go based on feeling how we are playing, how I'm enjoying the game, you know, the gameplay, how I'm enjoying how the players are coming together to actually like play for themselves. That's credit to Tenaga, and I think that is something interesting that I feel like yeah, if you say Fergie like. Um, then I'll say, yeah, as far as the feeling, I think he has restored a friggy like feeling, you know, to Manu. And I'll give an example the game we played against West Ham, you know, we were down, well, we were, we were supposed to be down 2 0, you know, 
this is this is an FA Cup game that came right up after the hangover, the, the Carabao Cup hangover. And you can see Manu were down, you know, they were down 1-0. And, uh, you know, we thought, okay, I was thinking, okay, maybe if we're going to lose a game, this might be the game. And just like that, we turned it over, you know. So, again, it, it's it's kind of a, it, it's, it's, it's a mentality, it's a winning mentality that Tanaga instilled in the players, which I think, again, it's Freddie-like. And, you know, I know we've only won one cup. So I think um, it's kind of too premature for us to say, you know, you know, compare start comparing Tenac to to Fred yet. I think I want I think I want us to give Tenac some time to actually you know implement his you know um, his ideology well with the team that he wants. Let's 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 also let's also look at this. You know, the team that we have right now. You know, the team that he also inherited. He brought some players in, but he didn't bring all the players he wants to bring in. So I want us to have a full season with Ten Hag and then see what he has done before we can, you know, kind of make that kind of judgment. I was going to say, um, I agree with you in the fact that he has brought back almost like some tenacity and, uh, you know, you look at some of the guys from the past, you know, in this kind of period since Fergie retired and, and Ten Hag takes over, it's like, you know, guys like Moyes and Van Gaal who, I thought played way a more defensive minded approach and he, and same with Mourinho. What's interesting is this season and the difference is this is a more offensive focused approach and a greater level of attack because let's, let's be honest, we've got back in the day, you know, guys like Martial and you had Rashford and it was like, who's going to take the next step? Well, Rashford's without a doubt taking the next step. And I think a part of that comes from, having Ten Hag and having this newfound level of confidence. Like, look at what you guys did recently against Barcelona. I I don't think that happens under, under if it was a Moyes or Van Gogh. I don't think they would have had that resilience to go and come back and be able to go back from down and be able to go and get that victory. So I, I think that's the difference for me. And the other thing is, you look at it, they're sitting on, I believe it's 49 points. They got like 29 points at home, 20 points on the road. This is a balanced team. This isn't a club that, hey, I'm going into the Etihad or I'm going into Tottenham Stadium or something like that, and they're getting intimidated. No, they're coming in with this confidence of maybe next year we could be you know, winning the league or something. And I think that's that's a transformative kind of approach. It, again, it's way too early to tell, but the pillars have been taken and I think steps are being made in the right direction. So I'm, I'm a fan personally. Also to add to that, right. If you look at the philosophy that he's also bringing, I know it may, it may go against, you know, maybe because Manchester United has always been this English, like that's like English, that's England's team, right? They, they're all about English football. They're all about, you know, just, I, I guess also attacking football because you look at it. Fergie brought in that attacking football, and then we kind of deviated from that, right? You know, Moyes tried to do his thing, but it really didn't work out. And then you brought different philosophies. You brought the Van Gaal philosophy. It did not work out. Maybe, maybe Rashford came into his own with, with that, and Martial played well. And then you brought the Mourinho philosophy, you know, which is you know defensive football. Fans, I mean, fans have always been spoiled with, you know, the Andy Coles and the Dwight Yorks and the Brandon Troy. Like, we're going for goals, Rooney, Ronaldo, right? So, we kind of deviated from that, right? And, um, you guys know I'm not a big fan. Berbatov, oh, my God, Berbatov, you know. So, we, we, we've had that, but we've, we've always been attacking team. We've always been a goal-scoring team. And I think we kind of deviated from that. 
Now bringing in you know Ten Hag, who's I'm, I'm sure his formation is more like a four three three, but this guy's like four two three one. You know, with Ajax, you know Dutch football, it's attacking mm-hmm. football, it's mm-hmm. attractive football. I mean, I'm talking about these are guys that come from the tree of Johan Cruyff. Johan Cruyff is like you know is the godfather of you know attacking football. You know, look at Guardiola implemented you know the tiki taka, right? I mm-hmm. think Tenac has his own system too. It may not be tiki taka ish, but it's from that tree, that tree of you know beautiful attacking football. Because I mean, attack is the best defense. You know, when you when you're just playing on the other team's half, you know, it gives it just gives a, a different you know dynamic. And I think Manu did not really have that coach to instill or to you know instill that personality or instill that mindset. So again, the way we're playing is actually more for me. Honestly, I don't care about the results. Like right now. If now you're going to lose this streak, as long as we're playing the right way, I think, you know, that's more encouraging than just getting results. You know, I know we're going to go, we're going to have our stress, we're going to have, you know, times that we'll lose, but I'm more focused on how we're playing a game. You know, we're playing attacking football, we're playing fearless football, and I think it's a, it's a great sight to see. Yeah. If, if I may add, I would echo both of you. Uh, what I really see from Maggie is stability from, from the team. I think the team is definitely more stable. The players are more confident in their skill set. And to both of your point, he brought that philosophy of, um, you know, of, of his style from Ajax. He, he, I think he brought a lot of his players. I mean, he brought Anthony, he brought Martinez. I'm not sure if Casemiro was his acquisition or not. Uh, I think it was more by default. They, they needed a big midfielder. Uh, I think he accepted, but I think the scouts really went from uh, for Casemiro. And I'll be honest with you guys, that's you know that's the best acquisition you had this year. So uh, for my big fan, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, Casemiro is a boss, you know. Like <laughs> one thing I I've always asked in the past is I was looking at the Manu team is how many players could you call a boss, right? And what I mean the boss status is those players that always compete at a very high level and you can see them as a caliber to make the first 11 team of Europe. Mm-hmm. And Pogba, Pogba mm-hmm. was a little bit, but since he went back to Manu, he was in on uh, alternative electricity, you know, going up and down. Um, is Sancho a bust uh, at this point or is it too early to say? Oh, too early. Sancho's 22. I was talking about Sancho being a bust. Um, oh, no, no, but, no, no, no. I think it's too early, but it, it's a little disappointing yeah. start. But to your point, that's yeah. his first yeah. year, right? So, yeah, yeah. he's a bust. I wouldn't but call then, anybody a bust. Varane, yeah, Varane as well came. We struggled a little bit at the beginning, but that was because of the coach, right? I don't I don't think, mm. like, if you look at such short shirt time, which I, I loved, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I used to be a manual fat, so this is, this is why this is very, uh, this subject is very important to me. Love soldier, the baby face killer, and he tried really well with the team. But it seems like the team was still shaky, right? That you have your doubt on on Schalter. He he does a great year. Like everyone was waiting for, you know, people to sack him. He didn't. He didn't have that confidence. And and I think Ten Hag, especially the event, how he managed Cristiano Ronaldo. Initially, I was really pissed. I was like, man, this is Ronaldo, bro. Like, yo, chill out, man. <laughs> You're putting Ronaldo on the bench. <laughs> what's going on so I didn't really like that part but the way he managed it and he came out with, with victory I mean the way the team is playing I'm like whoa this is a change that I, I'm seeing in the team in the players and 
he has that authority. He doesn't seem like he has it, but he does exuberate that that authority that is really, you know, bringing all the players together and players to express themselves. So it's beautiful. Even Casimiro, he put it on the bench at the beginning, so Casimiro can get acclimated to the Premier League. But look at how Casimiro is playing now. Initially, you know, me as a fan, you know, Casimiro on the bench, like, you know, what's going on with this coach? <laughs> but uh, it seems like things are working. Like, I'm trusting his decision now that... I see the way the team is playing and how he's melting everyone. Anthony, the way he brought Anthony in. I mean, Sancho is finally getting some of his time. So so it's beautiful. So that's why I wonder if Ten Hag finally represented that authority figure, you know, on, on a very nice way. I think, and he's younger too, but he's closer to the players. Right? When you had uh, Van Gaal, Van Gaal was, was a little older. And at that time, you had Anthony, Martial, I mean, sorry, um, Rashford, Martial. Those guys were very young. Right. It was hard for them to, I guess, get to get used to Van Gaal. Solcher was the closest one, but he didn't have that authority uh, mm-hmm. you know, to put like Pogba on the bench when he needed. So, and Ten mm-hmm. Hag finally, Mourinho mm-hmm. has it, but he was a bit too strong. And to your point earlier, Kema, he was never really loved uh, in, in Manu per se. Uh, he brought them win, and that's what Mourinho does. So, he helped continue that process. And I think everyone brought their pieces, you know, from Van Gaal to Mourinho to Solcher. And now Ten Hag finally came in and uh, he's able to uh, and, and globe everything. So uh, so the team is, is showing good results so far. I mean, to expound on that, right? Um, I mean, you, you look at Solskjaer's, like, you know, substitution strategy. There were some games that were begging, as fans were begging Solskjaer to make changes. Please bring someone in, you know, just, you know, just even pretend that you actually have a plan, you know. But there were times that these guys played all 90 minutes and you were just, we're just head scratching. But look at Ten Hag, right? Every substitution he makes is is purposeful. If he brings Garnacho in, you know something's about to happen. If he if he benches, you know, Casemiro and plays maybe Tabitha or McTominay, and then he brings like is it, I I'm, I've been thoroughly impressed about you know regarding his like his substitution strategy because against West Ham we played our I mean we played a wicked team. We played Maguire, Lindelof, you know, we played McTominay, we played uh. Uh, I think we played Sabitza and out front we played Weghorst and, you know, okay, we, we, you know, we, we heard our own, but we, we considered a goal. And then next half, all right, Rashford. And, and it was this calmness about him, like, okay, let's, we know what to do. Like, whenever we're down a goal, we know what to do. We know how to adjust, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Bringing Casemiro, bringing Rashford, bringing the butcher, and then game just changed. You know, just just things like that. And then just the confidence. I, I, I actually noted three, three, you know, things that, I felt like, you know, Tanag brought, right, which I think, you you know, you, you know, kind of touched on. Winning attitude, right, and and just to show proof of that, the Carabao Cup. The Carabao Cup, yeah, people can say, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an energy drink cup, it's a farmer's cup, whatever. I think at this point, we'll take any win because it's bigger than the cup, right? It's just kind of solidifying that, yes, you guys are winners, you know. You guys, mm-hmm. this is a, right after we just beat Barcelona, which I think personally, that's my, our most impressive win because we beat them, you know, we kind of played them well home and away, right? And this is Barcelona we're talking about. Even though this is the post-Messi era, it's still Barcelona. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think that is that, that gives us a you know, certain level of confidence that, okay, we are that team, you know, and then right after that we go and win a cup, you know what I'm saying? So the winning attitude is one thing, top-tier man management. Solskjaer was a, was, a, was a player's coach, but I feel like because Solskjaer was just so um, was just so, I would like put it, was just so involved with the club personally, 
right? Mm. Being the babyface assassin, being a legend. I don't mm. think the players, I don't think he was able to get the best out of the players or be, you know, disciplined enough. Tanag has no history of menu. He's there to do a job, to instill a philosophy based on his good track record, right? Yeah. And, 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 and to, you know, write, person, to write his history as well. To write his own history. There you go. You know, he's a man that's right. come with his own history. And it, so he's not there to be anybody's friend. And you can see how he managed Ronaldo. He came there and said, you know what? I'm gonna play. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna play ball. Whatever you guys want. Ronaldo's the guy. Cool, but he's not my guy. You know, he's not because he's not playing the way I want to play. And you can see how he kind of, you know, kind of kept quiet. Never threw Ronaldo under the bus. Just you know, let the field. You know, like let the substitutions or his team should do the talking. Ronaldo was the one that went on a tantrum and went, you know, went went nuts and you know, and then he, he pretty much ended it. He did not do anything. That's man, that's man management because you can easily lose your team when you, when you, when you, when you move like that. Let's say he came off the gate and said, Ronaldo, you're out of the team. Oh, no, he's losing the players. But the way he handled them, you know, and then you look at how he handled Sancho. Sancho was supposed to make the World Cup. I'm sure that affected him mentally, sent him to, you know, sent him to um, Holland to go work on his game and be a better person. And look at Sancho coming back, you know. Any player could have just, like, lost it and, all right, he's out of the team. But again, I, I commend Tanak for his top 10 man management and then discipline. Benching Rashford for being late because we know after Ronaldo left, Rashford is the next guy up. But when you bench Rashford, I mean, Bruno, I mean Bruno, I, I watched an interview with Bruno um, when he was talking to um, Real Ferdinand. And he said, yeah, when he saw what he did to Bruno or when he, what, he, what, he, what he did to um, Rashford, everybody was like, oh, we have to step up. You know, we have to, we have to now. When you instill that discipline, when you do those three things, that's a winning recipe because when Guardiola came, there was no doubt that who was running the ship. I don't care how big you were. Myers was in the bench for almost two years. Look at Myers now. Has a great career. You know, Grealish too. I don't care. I mean, it's, it's not about the price tag. It's about knowing who is the boss. You know, I think so. I think right. that's what Tenaga has bought. And, you know, it's those three things are a recipe for a great team and, you know, a winning team. So, you know, yeah. it's, 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 it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. And you have great leadership in the team too now with Casemiro, Bruno Fernandez, man. Hi, Bruno. Wow, what a we have a World Cup winner. We have a World Cup winner on our team. Sure, you have a World Cup winner on your team. Yeah, Martinez. Two, so, actually. Two. <laughs> Martinez and Varan. Oh yeah, Varan, Varan, yeah, Varan won before, correct, correct. Yeah. And um Rashford is finally gaining his confidence. I think I can see Rashford blossoming now. Right, you, you can just see the way he's playing with confidence, man. The goal he's been scoring, uh, it's been fun. So I think the team is has great leadership on the field and off the field, and things are really kind of like finally melting up together. And and when you have Antony that continues to develop himself, uh, Sabilzer that just arrived too, you know, and those young kids that are playing my Tomine and uh, oh, what's gonna happen to my war, by the way? Uh, I'm curious. Hey man, oh, my war's out, out the door, man. He's out the door. <laughs> Let's, He's like, that's what we that's what we start, man. He's out the door, man. <laughs> I'm a, I'll say one thing and one thing only. He's like the type of guy when you're playing when you grow up playing and they're like showing you what not to do with these tutorials. It's like <laughs> He has no hips. He has no hips. Like, no hip <laughs> he has no hip mobility. I know. Listen. Again, what you can see, that's Maguire. He, he doesn't throw him under the bus. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't talk about him. He doesn't talk that on I'm sure, you know, he's still a co-captain. He's still the captain of the oh, team. Yeah. He's yeah, exactly you know, that. And he's at least, like, he's a professional about things. 
Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, you have no choice because again, you have a coach that's come in and has proven that a team can win without you, even though you you're the captain and the starting center back, but you're not playing well. You're not playing the way he wants you to play. So he has to bench you and make you see from his perspective why you're being benched. That's tough right. to man management. You know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe we can work in his hip mobility in the offseason, but I don't think that I think Maguire is out the door. He's not my favorite, you know, um, he's not my favorite player. Uh, I don't think I don't think it, it, it stopped being my favorite player. It was honestly, I'm not gonna lie, I was one of the first fans to like I was just before that, so why we paid 18 million pounds for this guy, you know, and I think Leicester right now. They've been laughing at us since, you know, laughing to the bank because we paid that much for him. But again, I'll commend Maguire. He's been a professional. You know, he has not thrown any tantrum. He's been a team player. I, I that I'll give him my respect. You know, but um, we're talking about Maguire. Yeah, he he has to be out the door. You know? you know, you bring up respect and you bring up professionalism. It reminds me of like how take another guy like say someone like Fred who. Has actually oh. stepped up. I, I I take Fred as another player though, who's at least is like professional about it. I was I, I'm happy for Fred right now. I, I think I, I tweeted one thing. I said, you know what? I'm I'm done slandering Fred, even though he drives me crazy. The things that he does sometimes, his head scratching. But Fred has shown up for us. I I, I really yeah. I want to give Fred his flowers because why? Because when, again, if you want to test, if you want to test someone's character, see how they behave when the things were really really bad. And see how they are when things are good. He's been there to think a thing. The times I've been mm-hmm. asked to play, you know, play left back, play, you know, uh, play, you know, deeper role than he's usually. I think when he was spinning shots, it was more of attacking, and that's one thing I feel like Tenag has unlocked. Because I always say like Fred is better when he's out front, you know, but playing as the, you know, pretty much playing Casemiro's role that was not his style. But guess what? Fred is an energy guy. He's going to come in and win the ball mm-hmm. and do what it takes. He's pretty much is the ultimate team guy. It reminds me of, you know, under Herrera that we had. It reminds me of, you know, he has a Roy Kim-esque, you know, you know, Michael Carrick, you know, we, look, we know about the other Brazilian, Anderson, even Anderson too. Was the head Anderson, yeah. man. I really <laughs> was a head scratcher, but again, if you listen about these Brazilians, man, I mean, they, 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 they have great character, they're spirited, especially when they you know, when they buy into a team, Fred, I mean, listen, man, I, I want to give him his flowers. He, he, he's done great he for us. He scored against Barca? I mean, like, he's... Oh, yeah. Come on, man. He's been scoring. Come on. He's been scoring. You know, he's been scoring. He's been so... That's what I'm saying, is it's like, he's sucked it up. He's been like, okay, I don't want to do this. But to the credit, that's the whole Ten Hag effect. It's like, hey, yeah. I would have been... I'm not exactly keen on doing this, like... You got me out on the mid. Now you want me playing like center mid or CDM? Fine, I'll do it because you're. I respect you as a manager. You come up to me with the right approach. Mm-hmm. Look at say someone. That was the problem I had with say someone like David Moyes, who is a very good manager. Don't get me wrong, but like there's certain teams and certain clubs you just. I I think it's like a little better to be an outsider, and I think that's kind of what. Ten Hag benefited from was like, hey, I'm a total outsider. You brought up Mourinho, and it's like, it was hard for him to succeed because everyone and Harris, you brought it up too. You're always going to associate him with Chelsea. It's like, is this really our guy? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we called him the chosen one, right? But man, you fan, let me tell you something. We've been desperate. We've been, (laughs) we've been depressed. We've been anyone who we brought to the team. I think we've been unfairly, they've been unfairly judged. 
and we've given them, you know, um, unwarranted pressures, but that comes with being Manu. Manu is a huge team. I think people don't understand the yeah. magnitude of how big this team is, the fan base. So every person we brought in, we wanted results right away. We wanted, you know, we wanted them to do, you know, play, you know, attacking football, uh, um, you know, uh, like with the flashy football, pretty much, and win. But when those when those coaches aren't doing that, you know, it's a problem. Tenagi is lucky that I'm not gonna lie, it's his first season, and I know the fans are going to be tested when we go to this stretch where we're not getting the results that we need to get. That's when we're gonna see. But for me, I think for me personally, I've seen enough to say, okay, even though we're gonna go through a bad stretch. This is still the guy for us, you know, because um, it, it, it just it just has that factor. It has that it factor. It has that winning mentality. Yeah. I mean, even, even the games I feel like we're going to lose, I think we should win because of how, you know, he wants us to play and how we're supposed to play. Um, my fear, again, is, you know, I, you know, I, I, I know we're going through, you know, a bidding process. And I think that when it comes to, like, the, the structure of the team from an executive standpoint and from an ownership standpoint, and there's still, still, still stability that still needs to be done because we still want the glazes out. Um, so I think once that is being sorted out and then we have a stability and we have a great facility, I think then we can see like Manny really flourish. So right now it's at the early stages, um, but I mean, the future looks really, really bright. Yeah, I agree. I think he's the, I think he's, he's the key guy. And uh, the reason why I'm giving him as much credit is people or maybe discrediting discrediting the turmoil of Cristiano Ronaldo. That's big. You know, like what Cristiano Ronaldo represents as a player for the world and for Menu and the way Ten Hag managed it this well, like it was so smooth. Obviously, the World Cup helped, but the transition was so smooth that, I mean, after the World Cup, we all forgot about Cristiano Ronaldo. Like no one brought him up. Like the team was working out well without him. Like no issue at all. Like, right? Like you didn't have that that aftertaste, right? Oh yeah, where's Cristiano? Oh, yeah, we we have told you the team is not working. We should have kept him. No, it's just it, actually I think the team got better. So I think when you go through those challenges, moment, especially for a team uh, uh, like Manchester United, right, overcoming such an icon like Cristiano, it gives you so much confidence and trust, not only for you as a coach, but also to the players and to the fans that you're the right man. That's why I think that Ten Hag is a guy who has a gut to manage such a big team as, as Man U. So I'm, I'm pretty confident. And it's funny that we start talking about Arsenal, right? One coach that have been to the same transition to in a team who had a longer reign with a coach, Arsene Wenger, for example, that has been doing well, and I finally is, is finally proving it, it's uh, Arteta, right? And it's the same thing. Like he came young, he had a philosophy, and I think that's what you're bringing up as well, Kima. Like, uh, he has a philosophy, and he's instilling that philosophy into his player. It took some time. Was last year his first year? As a as a coach, I mean, it's been for two years. I think about two years now. So this is his third year. Yeah, his first year he won the FA Cup right out the gate. And I think that that became too much pressure, and they they went through a decline. I mean, they were still hovering around, you know, Champions League. But yeah, this is the year where they like actually flourishing. So I think it's been there for about three years. Yeah, and look at how well the team is doing. Right, so more confident in in the player, his vision is finally uh, unfolding. So I see a similar path with with Ten Hag, 
obviously, uh, to your point, the team management has to give him the stability. I think they, they did, and I think they will continue. But he needs more stability. And he has already proven it's where he deserved the stability. I mean, Solcher did the same, right? That's, and he was a legend for the team. We kept, you know, he got kept. But uh, things were shaky. But, but Ten Hag, things are not, like, there's a structure there. So which is which is beautiful. So let me ask you guys now that as we're going to the end of the season, where do you think Manchester is going to to end? Already one one trophy, right? Uh, the Carabao Cup. They're still in place for the FA Cup, right? I think they, they're still they're still in playing the, the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah. There's the Europa League there, and there's there's also the league. I mean, the league is not <laughs> quite done yet. So Paul Patrick, Cole Patrick said give it to me. I want to know what you think. <laughs> okay. I think it's going to be one more trophy. And I think they're going to end up finishing. I think it's going to be the Europa League. And I think they're going to finish third in the league. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. fair I, 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 I agree too. I think fair enough. I think, I think we're going to, we're going to finish third because I don't see Man City letting up. And I also don't say Arsenal letting up. I think it's Arsenal's league. It's Arsenal's, you know, um, league to lose. Even though they're they're five points clear, that's pretty close. <laughs> I actually had um, you know, um, Harris knows and I'm the Namdi sent me because Namdi's a Tottenham fan. He actually hates Arsenal, so he pretty much sent me a screenshot and zeroed in all the tough schedules Arsenal have. They see have Chelsea to play. They see have Man City to play. They see have Newcastle to play. So Arsenal, they see have challenging games ahead, right? Um, I honestly, when you look at Man City, I don't really, I don't see any any team to them as a challenge unless you actually just come and play them right outright. Um, so you leave that top two. So Man U, I think the third is our place to solidify. Um, Tottenham is making it easy for us. Newcastle is losing. So I'm looking, you know, Chelsea and Chelsea and Liverpool are not, you know, even. I mean, I think Liverpool are starting to get results. So tomorrow's game is going to be very crucial because I think they're going to be about. I think they're six points out of the out of the fourth. So if they beat us, they're gonna be three points. So they're gonna start, you know, kind of flirting with the fourth, so and applying pressure. But I think Liverpool's game is a game that honestly we can afford to lose or even tie and focus on other important games. But I think we're gonna be stretched out because we've had a very tough schedule. We look at the games we play, we're playing games every other three days, you know. So I think it's gonna take a toll. Barring any injuries, yeah, realistically. If Tenag wants to focus on another cup, I would think, you know, it would be the Europa, right? Um, just because of, you know, we've got in the Carabao. The Premier League is still a different, it's a different, it's like, it's a, it's a different mindset. Um, but I think for what we're building, I think the Car- I think the Europa is actually, a, you know, kind of like a, a stepping stone for us to say, okay, this is the next level where, you know, uh, we're going to take, especially when we're building a team like Barcelona. I think we can, we can take it up a notch and try and, you know, Prove to ourselves that we can, you know, we're ready for Europe next year, right? So I think, yeah, I think Europa is more important. The FA Cup, um, you know, that's a toss up. I really, I really can't be bothered personally. If we win it, fine. If we don't, but I think Man City, they have the iron it because Man City, they also, you know, they they are a team that, oh, uh, they have they have the ego as well. Even if they don't win, um, the Champions League or they don't win the Premier League, the FA Cup is something they can say, okay, at least every season we want something. So I think they'll take the FA Cup a lot, a lot serious. Um, so yeah, I agree. I agree with you, Patrick. That I think um, the Europa is uh is something that we can we can focus on, and that will pretty much take away our focus from the Premier League a little bit, which would then keep us around the third or fourth. But hey, we can shock the world now. We can shock the world. 
the world. If Arsenal, listen, I said, if Arsenal make it easy for us, we can shock the world. I'm just gonna say that. I'm just gonna keep it that way. But uh, yeah, I think I, I think, the, I think the quadruple. <laughs> I, I think the quadruple is just too much of an ask in the first season yeah. for the Nag. So no, so no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I think yeah, it's a far of a stretch. Uh, and then you have the the monster that is your neighbor now. So those guys. I don't Ooh. see them going down at all. City, I your oh, neighbor, City, no? yeah. <laughs> you know, and I never, I never, you know, I never, I never really acknowledge them. You know, even to this G- day, Aguero says that, and Guardiola says that, like even to based on all the accomplishments, Manchester is too red. Manchester has never been blue. Like if you go to Manchester, it's always been a Manchester United city. So I think that's always been a a little a little gripe that City always had with us because even based on all the accomplishments. It has never been blue. It's always been blue temporarily. Yeah. Manchester is always red, you know, so. It's yeah. hard to take that history for a long time, but they're knocking on the door really hard. Uh, and the accomplishment has been seen outside of the, the, the UK a lot, right? You have a lot of Man City fans now. So it's going to continue to grow. And, uh, well, if you guys are not doing well, they're still going to take it. So. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. it is interesting. Interesting. Gonna be a gonna be a great season. I see, I see Manu finishing third as well. Uh, unfortunately for both of you, I don't see them winning the Europa League, and I don't see them winning the FA Cup. So uh, I think they will have a great run. A non-believer. I mean, I wish them the best. No, I wish them the best. You know, I'm, I'm kind of indifferent <laughs> on, on those. But uh, but to be honest, I think we've so many games at stake. Right, they have to prioritize. If they prioritize, mm-hmm. I think they will. But I think they're trying to prioritize to get number three of the of the league, right? To get them in a good run for next year. So yeah. uh, rest, they'll, they'll play as much as they want. We will. But well, now they're going to quarterfinal of the Europa League, right? Or is it still around the sixteen? Around sixteen. Yeah, it's, that's the problem. It's around sixteen. It's still a little bit too far. But if they win around sixteen, though. And they're getting closer, their focus will shift as well. So yeah. we'll right. see there's You're chance right. there. There's chance there. But uh, there's still a lot at stake, so we just have to prioritize. But it'll be a great run. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see Man United coming back. It doesn't mean I'm coming back yet, but... Uh... <laughs> hey, man, you're always, you're always welcome home, man. You're always welcome home. No worries. Hey, about always, <laughs> man. It's still, you know... I'm waiting to see how things are explained. Maybe step by step, but like right now, I'm enjoying Ten Hag. I got his confidence now, and step by step, I might come back. But I'll I'll, I'll, I'll get you a jersey. I'll get you a jersey. There we go. Give me me my guy, man. Casemiro. Hey, hey, hey. that's it. Excellent. All right. Any uh, any any closing thoughts on? On, on the Premier League, um, or or any idea that you guys want to share? I have one thing. One team I just wanted to give a shout out to that's impressed me like crazy this year has been Napoli and Fulham. I'm gonna just leave it with those two. Those two clubs have really, really impressed me this year. I think Napoli might be the best club in Europe, but. Think that's maybe a question for another time. Okay, yeah, we we can we can always delve into like I guess the we can that'd be a great you know conversation about you know, the teams that have surprised us this year. Honestly, Fulham, 
Fulham has never been that team in my eyes, but no, hey, there's never been that team. But I mean, Marcus Silva is doing an amazing job. Andes Pereira, again, a man you reject, going there and finding himself as a player. And then, you know, you have Willian. Willian is still, you know, just, just, you know, just challenging the test of time and still playing, still being a, an effective winger. Um, yeah, that is a that is a very William, very William plays team. for Fulham now. Yes, Fulham is still playing. William, William Brazilian guy. Yes, he's still playing, man. Um, wow. And, and they're 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 doing really well. So I I I, I you're right. I got to commend them. Um, you know they're they're really 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 doing well. And I, you know if they stay in a great shape to go to Europe, they're gonna have more funding. They're gonna have more solid players. Um, I hope they keep it up. You know, I mean, I think you know. I think if you look at teams that have kind of like surprised us, you look at West Ham, West Ham and um, Europe, right? Um, you're looking at, um, I mean, Leicester had a run, but they, you know, they kind of fell off, right? I think Fulham now, I mean, honestly, if you look at the top four, it's always going to be the Man U, the Chelsea, the Liverpool, and the Arsenals, right? And the Man Cities, right? And the Tottenham. But now the, the other top tier, they know that, hey, Europe is also within reach. So they're actually playing to that level. They're not overachieving. But they're playing enough to actually, you know, make some noise. And so, yeah, I, I, I really echo that. I agree, you know, Patrick, that, you know, full line, they deserve the flowers. I hope they make it to Europe. You know, it's always refreshing, you know, you know, watching a, a Thursday game and full line is playing a European team. I think, I think it's great for, it's great for, you know, the Premier League. It's great for the fans. Um, so, yeah. But honestly, I always think that Premier League have never been given the respect. I mean, they've always been a money league when it comes to, like, you know, actually achieving something, and especially in Europe. That's why I don't want Madrid to win that this year. As much as I hate Man City, I would like for English league, you know, English team to win it. But hey, Madrid, you know, they they have that formula, so we're not going to talk about Madrid, you know. So, but but yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, we out to Newcastle. Mm, Newcastle okay. has um, has has really proven to be. Their, uh, their investment is finally showing the results, uh, right? It's not a flashy, flashy team, but they're productive. And they're, I mean, they went all the way through um, the Curabao Cup final, right? And I think they, 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 they lost again the today and, you know, against Mount City. And, right, I think we're, they end up at, uh, they're so far at the fifth uh, position of the, of the Premier League table. But, I'm so impressed. Newcastle has always struggled since the, the their golden days with Alan Shearer. After that, they went down. They got players like Chloe Verrett. They try to get some more players to to help the team. And that uh, was the name of the the tall striker they, they bought for over forty million pounds back in the days. Uh, I forgot his Berlin. name. Andy. Andy Carroll. Andy Carroll. Andy Carroll. Oh, Andy Carroll. Andy Carroll. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Andy Carroll. Uh, so, uh, yeah. so maybe you know, to finally see this team being like in the top five of the of the Premier League table, to finally break into the the top dogs, it is beautiful. Uh, I wish we could stay there. I mean, Leicester made it sometimes as well. So I think it would be good for Newcastle fans to see Newcastle being back there. So uh, I'm I'm kind of rooting for them and good for Fulham too. Um, as you guys already mentioned, so um, and and Nottingham Forest, right? I think yeah, I, I kind of made a lot of transfer. I've been making fun of them, but every every transfer window they buy a new whole team. So, uh, <laughs> but it hey, seems yeah. like they might be able to stay. 
Yeah, give Brighton the flowers. So Brighton are playing good football. I don't think they're getting the right results, but they're playing. I mean, they beat West Ham 3 0 today. Mitoma. I know Potter wishes he was still there. I know. I every know, day. Right? I, I mean, listen, I, I think I think Chelsea's just woes is this a it's a different conversation, but I think Grand Potter was scratching his head as to why he left. But give Brighton the flowers. When I watch Brighton play, they play good football. Mitoma is doing great. Estupian is playing great. Um, I mean the whole team is playing great. So I mean listen, the Premier League is in is in great hands. Uh you know, it just is. from yeah, it's in great hands, and you know a lot of teams are gonna be are gonna be knocking on the door. You, I mean, you give some teams a chance. I feel like right now every 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 team has a chance to have a spirited Leicester City esque you know run in the Premier League. I don't think we're far removed from a Leicester again. Arsenal is a big team, but I don't think we're far removed from a you know one of these teams like Newcastle or Brighton or Fulham shocking the world. You know, um, because the Premier League again gets tougher. You know, they have more funding and you get players. And, then, you know, when you steal a system, you can make some noise. I mean, look at Napoli. I looked at Napoli's, uh, Napoli, I, I think they're going to win this. I look at their, like, 60, like 65 points. And the next person behind them is 48 yeah. points. So, I think they're going to run away with this. I mean, you know, the they, spirit they, of Maradona. They, they lost today. They, yeah, they lost today. They, yeah, but. They lost the last game, but it was like. Eh, whatever. Yeah, whatever, yeah. We're but up by almost Napoli, 20 points in the league right now. Yeah. If I'm Napoli, I think they should probably, like, you know, try and make some noise in the Champions League, too, so they can, like, really gain that awareness, like, you know, from a, you know, from a fan standpoint and for them, from a confidence standpoint. I feel like cause in the league, they're already running away with it. So I think they're doing great. So I think that's yeah, what they're going for, is it's going to be, like, we got the league secured. Now let's just really pay attention to Champions League. You're mm-hmm. up 2-0 already on Frankfurt coming into the second leg in, what, a week or oh, two? Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, that's something I'm excited for. But well, I guess we'll have to see that for another one. I know that's there's a lot of Serie A <laughs> to talk about as well. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, well, man. guys, thank you very much. Uh, glad to have you back, and uh, you know, congrats on on Eric Ten Hag for for his job with Man United. Let's see what the season's gonna unfold. If your your prediction or mine will be or Pascal's one could yeah. be the truth. So uh, yeah. excellent, yeah. gents. Thank you very much again. Thanks for all of our followers. Good to have you as always. Have a good weekend. Thank Cheers. you guys for having me. Go United. Cheers, guys. Cheers.